Style Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we have quite a show for you guys this week. We're going to go over the latest episode of Lucha Underground, by far my favorite wrestling show, if you really want to call it, as I always say. It's not really a wrestling show. It's more a TV show about wrestling, um, but it's definitely my best wrestling-related product that's on the air right now. And we're going to go over episode 215. But that's going to be the main event tonight. First, we're going to go over the New Japan pay-per-view. Tontaku is, I believe, how it's pronounced. Um, it could be Tontaku. Or it's Tontaku. I'm not sure what the accent is on this word. But uh, we're going to get into that. This took place, I believe it was on the 3rd of May. And uh, we're going to jump right into this show. Our opening match is Batluck Fale and... Uh, Yujiro Takahashi as they take on the team of Juice Robinson and the returning Captain New Japan. We haven't seen Cap in a while and um, not that I'm complaining. Uh, as far as this match is pretty much all the Bullet Club here. Uh, Fale hits Captain New Japan with the grenade, gets the win, one and a half stars. This is basically a squash match. Next match, Tiger Mask, Ryusuke Taguchi, Jay White, and David Finley Jr. Take on Kazushi Sakuraba, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, and Gato of Chaos. Interesting start with Tiger Mask and Sakuraba, where it seemed to me that Tiger Mask got a little pissed at Saku being a little stiff. Now, it might have been a work. I'm not sure, but watching the rest of the match and seeing how it didn't really lead to anything else, and knowing that I've heard that um, rumor that People feel that Sakuraba, who of course is an MMA legend, does get a little stiff in the ring. Which saying a lot because if you know New Japan Pro Wrestling, I mean everybody's stiff. So to say that one guy's more stiff than the others is kind of saying a lot. But I've definitely got that feel. This was not a work. Um, that Tiger was not happy. Um, I believe with one of the knees that Sakuraba threw. Um, but it didn't really lead to anything. Um, I don't really think they worked against each other the rest of the match. So it could be something that they, uh, a seed planted for later, but I didn't think so. As far as the match, basic stuff, um, until Finley and Osprey finally come in and put on a great show. I, I love both these guys. I've talked to you guys, um, extensively about my love for David Finley Jr., who I think is truly a superstar in four years. This guy's going to be someone that everybody talks about. And Will Ospreay is going to be a guy everyone talks about in a year. Because Will Ospreay right now is one of the best workers I see anywhere in the sport right now already at a very young age. Um, Ospreay winds up hitting a quebrada into a cutter and pins Finley. Two and a half stars. Uh, good stuff at the end. This Ospreay, as I'm saying, he is just amazing. If you have not caught Will Ospreay yet, try to. Um, he's had... I've seen this match, which is great. Uh, his match with Kushida was outstanding. The match with Ricochet, the best of the three matches I've seen him in at the uh, WrestleMania Weekend Evolve show. Uh, try to get your hands on something. Look him up on uh, YouTube. There's a couple of uh, videos up there with him. Check him out. Will Ospreay, uh, he's the real deal. And uh, you guys should really know about him because he's coming. Our next match is for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship, and it's Rapongi Vice 
taking on former champions Matt Seidel and the aforementioned Ricochet. But Punky Vice do their best to keep knocking Ricochet off the apron to the floor, leaving Matt, who's in the ring, to basically go it alone two-on-one. It was looking like a pretty good uh, strategy for a while, but <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to last. Uh, finally, see, finally, Ricochet does get the tag, and he runs wild a bit on the champs. Ricochet hits an amazing flip dive over the ring post onto a Punky Vice and lands right on his feet. Fans love that. Uh, Romero does come back. He hits the forever clotheslines, which is always a popular spot. Later, Ricochet misses a 6.30 senton on Beretta. Will Punky Vice get a near fall after hitting Ricochet with the Doomsday device? Uh, Ricochet then does hit the 6.30 on Rocky, but eats a knee from Trent. Then he hits the belly to back pile driver, and it's 1-2. No, it is broken up by Matt Seidel. Uh, the Tigers get RPV down. They hit Double shooting star presses and they regain the tag team championship. Three stars. I wasn't crazy about the result, but Ricochet and Seidel are a really good team. I wasn't happy when they lost the belts. Um, I just really want to see a little bit of less hot potatoing with uh, potatoing, I should say. I'm misspeaking a little bit this uh, early in the show. I'm sorry about that. The, the titles have been hot potatoed as long as I can remember watching uh, these belts being around and it's you know, I, I don't like that. I feel it lessens the titles. Um, I feel having a championship uh, stay with one team for a few months, maybe six months, longer, uh, gives that title prestige because then when someone beats that team, it meant something. When they're just, you know, trading the titles off every month or every two months at the most, it just really doesn't mean to me like the titles really mean all that much. So just my personal opinion on it. Our next match is another title match. This is for the never open weight six man tag team championships. And it's the, the elite, the former champions. Of course, that is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who is, by the way, the intercontinental champion. And I don't know if he, he might have defended it during the, uh, some of the house shows coming up to this, which I didn't get a chance to see, but I, he had to be, be Defended that title on a big show since he's won it. They're facing the champions Hiroshi Tanahashi, Michael Elgin, and Yoshitatsu. I did expect to see these belts switch again because these belts have also been hot potato. Back and forth match. Uh, as it's become normal, Elgin has a fantastic sequence in this one. Man, he has been rejuvenated here, hasn't he? Uh, I remember when people were complaining about him being the one Ring of Honor guy that was brought in for the G1. <laughs> Remember that? Where people were like, oh, not Michael Elgin. There's so many other people. I think New Japan knew what they were doing when they uh, brought him in. And he has been a godsend in a lot of ways for this company. Um, losing four big names. And Elgin's been able to at least soften that blow with his ascent up the ladder here. There's a super power slam by Mike on Nick Jackson for a two count. Then the match takes, in my opinion, a really bad turn. Omega sprays the ref in the face with that free spray we spoke about in the last show. Then the champs as well. Uh, he sprays them with it. The ref tries to recover, and Omega low blows the ref. Then they get a table in and bring in a ladder. Now, what the hell is happening here? Like, I'm sorry, this is stupid and annoying. How did not de disqualified already? I mean, are we just gonna, if we're gonna make it to the point, 
You know, if you guys remember ECW, I was a big ECW fan. ECW never disqualified anybody except for the one time Terry Funk, I think, got his ear bit off for some nonsense. Like, that's the only time there was ever disqualification. And which I hate it because if there's going to be no DQs, that's fine. It's no. You can't get disqualified. If you can't get disqualified, then anything should go. There should be no adherence to rules at all. It just to be all death matches, which is what, for the most part, a lot of ECW was. A lot of people didn't like that because they liked the structure of a regular match. But I always felt if you're going to do everything, no disqualification, then everybody should realize that and fight that way. Why are you fighting with a show? As far as I know, disqualifications can happen in New Japan. I've never heard that there are no disqualifications. Yet, you could low blow refs, spray them in the eyes of foreign objects, spray your opponents of foreign objects, bring foreign objects into the ring as tables and ladders, and there's never a DQ. It's stupid. It annoys me. I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. You guys know that. But there's just one thing about this show that just ticks me off. Back to the match. We uh, get Elgin. Is like the last man standing. He kind of fights off the elite by himself. Gives Matt a buckle bomb into the ladder. But then they use the spray again. And Elgin is power bombed off the apron. Through the table by Kenny. Out on the floor. So he's out. Tanahashi's back in. He drop kicks the ladder. Immediately reaches for his growing. Um, he rolls to the floor. I was worried, you know, if this was a growing injury. They really cannot afford to lose Tanahashi at this point. So now it's Yoshitatsu who's in there on his own against three guys. He gets triple super kicked. Then Omega hits the one-winged angel. He pins Yoshitatsu and Bullet Club regained those belts. Two and a half stars. I mean, it was okay. Um, a lot of action, a lot of good spots. But as I complained earlier, the overbooking and how a ref could be low-blowed and it's okay. I wasn't happy at all. It put a bad taste in my mouth. And it affects my enjoyment of the match. The, my enjoyment of the match is affected. My, my star rating is going to be affected. And what would ordinarily probably have been much higher, maybe even a point higher than this, only gets two and a half stars for the overbooking. I never enjoy overbooking to begin with, and um, especially to this level. After the match, they tease hitting Tatsu with a spike power driver uh, from the ladder, but Tanahashi makes the save. Omega making some comment like um, welcome New Japan to American style wrestling which I guess that means overbooked wrestling <laughs> our next match another tag uh, title match this is for the heavyweight tag team championships and it's Tomoaki Hanma and Togi Makabe the great bash heel they are the former champions taking on the new champion the Gorillas of Destiny Tamatanga and Tangaroa the brothers this is a brawl right from the bell, and there was no surprise there. The champs control most of the way. I really like the Gritter's look. Uh, I still find Tonga to be a little herky-jerky in the ring. Hopefully, he can improve the longer he is here. I felt that way about other guys, and the longer to be here, the longer that, the better I should say, that you see their work became. Uh, Juice Robinson is one like that. I think he's come along much better than when he first got here. Jay White, another guy, much better than when he first got here. Even Cody Hall before the injury had definitely shown big strides in his in-ring work. So I'm hoping that this is also going to be the case with Tangaroa. Once he works with his brother a little bit more and uh, works with the other guys in the company, he'll get uh, his timing down a little better. Because I feel it's a little off right now. 
Hanma and Tanma have a wonderful sequence of counters and dodges. It ends with Tanma eating a lariato from Hanma. Former champion set up for the doomsday, the doomsday Kokechi, and it connects, uh, but they don't get the pin because now Togi wants to go up top for the King Kong knee drop, but Tanga hits him in the back with the chain of Makabe. They hit Hama with a powerbomb neckbreaker combo, but Hama kicks out of two. Hama goes for a torpedo Kokechi, but Tama counters it into a gun stun. Then the champs hit an elevated DDT, and it's one, two, three. Two and a half stars. It was a solid uh, match. Nothing that I would say is a must-see, but it wasn't a bad match at all. It was solid. Solid match. Happy to see Gorilla Destiny retain. We then get a uh, little video package where we're told the competitors for this year's Best of the Super Juniors. Um, I'll go over the names quickly. A Block is going to consist of Kushida, Razuski Taguchi, Kao O'Reilly of Red Dragon, Matt Seidel, Rocky Romero of Apungi Vice, Gato, Bushi, and Matt Jackson, of course, of the Young Bucks. B Block will consist of Chushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Bobby Fish of Red Dragon, Trent Beretta of Apungi Vice, Nick Jackson of the Bucks, Ricochet, Volador Jr., and Will Ospreay. I predict this is going to be Ospreay and Kushida in the finals in a rematch from their match from Invasion Attack. I just look at this field, and I guess they could try to push maybe Tiger Mask or Ricochet in that B block, but I really think it's going to be Ospreay. And looking at A block, I just I look at A block and... Maybe Bushi? I don't see that. Really, Kushida's the only one I see that could come out of the A block. But, hey, you never know. Upsets happen. Get on to our next match, which is the Never Open Weight Heavyweight Championship. And it's the champion, Katsuyori Shibata, facing Yuji Nagata, the legend. Man, I really want Yuji to pull this out. <laughs> I had a laugh at Nogami being so hyped for this. If you don't know, Nogami, the announcer, is like this huge Legends mark, and especially Nagata. Also, he's just the best guy to call this match. Um, of all the, there's a lot of great announcers in New Japan, but he's my favorite. Um, I just, cause he just has so much emotion, and he's just over the top with it here. Uh, almost screaming during the introductions. Just great stuff. Uh, the match starts off kind of like a submission match. A lot of mat wrestling, a lot of holds, um, not so much striking. But soon, but uh, Shibata begins to use that striking offense on Yuji. Yuji goes for a seated armbar, but Shibata counters into a sleeper. Yuji gets to the ropes, though. Yuji takes over with some really stiff knees and kicks. Shibata uses Nagata's own bridging Sayuto suplex to get to two count. He goes to the penalty kick, but Yuji catches the boot. Then hits a Sayato suplex of his own. Juji then hits a penalty kick of his own. Then nails him with the bridging Sayuto suplex. One, two, three. Yes. Yuji Nagata has won the Never Openweight Championship. Three stars. But that may be due to my joy at seeing Yuji win this one. I am not a Shibata fan. Um, not of his work. Shibata is a great worker. I just think his character is an asshole. And I love Yuji Nagata, one of my favorite New Japan stars. And I, I kept saying when we talked, if you go back maybe two, three months ago, I spoke about how I thought 
you know, they were talking a lot about UG, and I kept saying UG could still go, and I didn't understand why. I I don't think he should be getting heavyweight championship title matches or even intercontinental really, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the mix for the never open weight championship. And lo and behold, maybe Gato listens to the podcast. I doubt it, but you never know. And uh, he took my advice. That's I'm just gonna say. I uh, he took my advice. You know, hey, prove me wrong that he didn't listen and took my advice. And Eugene Gato won this, and it was a great moment. Also, I have to say, also as I spoke earlier, it didn't hurt that Ogawi was calling. He was just going crazy calling the match, and when he won, screaming at the top of his lungs. And when it's finally over, he. Comedy gets up, picks up his papers, shakes the hands of, of whoever he was announcing with, I forget who it was now, and walks off. <laughs> it might have been Tanahashi. Great stuff. Okay, our next match, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Man, I've said this before, but New Japan has a lot of belts. Uh, this one, Kushida, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, takes on another legend, Jushin Thunder Liger. Can we see two legends? We gained past glory tonight. Liger giving Kushida a mat wrestling clinic early on. But Kushida then goes after the armor Liger. Much in the same way, if you remember the match with Osprey, he did the same type of uh, way he went after the arm. Uh, Liger, in turn, starts to work the knees of Kushida. And that's pretty much the story of this match. Each guy basically trying to make the other quit. Liger does get a couple of near falls, but Kushida gets the hoverboard lock applied. Liger holds out a bit, but he finally taps. Two and a half stars, another solid but not spectacular match. At the end of the match, uh, Kushida grabs the mic. He puts Liger over as, uh, you know, being an inspiration to him and a true legend. And he's right. When you, I, you know, I throw out the word legend a lot uh, when we talk about New Japan or, you know, other shows. But if there's like a legend A and legend B, well, Liger's like legend A. Liger's like top echelon of legend and uh that's when i make sure that I, I let people know that i i give the legend title out maybe more than i should but no one is more deserving of that than jushin thunder liger and i was happy to see him even though i didn't think he could win and even though i don't think he should have won i was happy to see him in this match and have a good one our next match hiroki goto versus evil of the Los Ingobernables de Japón, or LIJ as I now like to call them. They start fighting uh, before Goto even gets to the ring. Uh, back and forth, smash mouth style bout. Um, Evil has really come along. His work has been great the last few months. Uh, he hits Goto with a fireman's carry into a sit-out powerbomb, really nice spot. Uh, and then he hits Evil, which is an STO, and pins Goto clean. Was not expecting that one. This was three stars. It wasn't a lot of notes, but it was a very solid back and forth match. Um, I know it kind of sounds like maybe Goto got squashed. He didn't. Goto had a lot of offense here. Um, I just didn't document a lot of it in notes. The ending did kind of seem to come out of nowhere. And you got to wonder, where does Goto go from here at this point? Um, he joined Chaos, yet he loses clean here to evil. Um, three stars. As I said, pretty good match. Uh, the ending came out of nowhere. Still, sometimes that's good. Sometimes, you know, you need a match just to end, you know, kind of where you didn't expect it to. Just to that lens to near falls and other matches. Our next match, the former IWGP heavyweight champion, 
Kajusuke Okada versus Sanada, or the great, they call him Sanada here. You guys might know him as the great Sanada from TNA. This is really a big deal for Sanada uh, to get in a, which is the second from the top match uh, with the top man in New Japan. It makes me feel like New Japan has big things in store for him. Start this match is something that bothers me sometimes. Sonata, as you remember from last uh, month, Sonata cost Okada the New Japan Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Yet, this match starts off with Okada wrestling like it's just another match. I mean, you know, wouldn't you be furious at someone interfering and costing you the biggest title in the company? And to some, the most prestigious title in the entire industry. I would expect some anger and fire right from the bell, not a tie-up. Just my opinion. Um, I just felt that's not the way I would have laid out this match if I was the agent. Uh, it's not a power drives Okada out on the floor. And from what I believe, this was the third time in this show that someone dives in at 19 to beat the count out. Uh, they really run that gimmick a little too much. Sonata stays on the offense a bit, but soon Akata does rally back. But Sonata catches Akata with a springboard dropkick, setting him to the floor. He follows with a flying over-the-top rope plancha. And now the action starts to heat up at this point. Akata gets a couple of two counts. He has the top rope elbow, which is the precursor to the Rainmaker. Although, over the last six months or so, it seems he never seems to hit it at this point anymore. And he doesn't get it here either, as we get three counters by Sonata. And he locks, locks in a dragon sleeper with a body scissors, which he calls Skull End. Red Shoes is ready to call for that bell, but Akata barely gets his foot to the ropes to force the break. Sonata then hits the bridging tiger, tiger suplex for a two count. Then hits the TKO and gets a near fall. After another series of reversals, Akata hits the tombstone. Rainmaker, one, two, three. Okada gets the win. Three stars. This was good, not great. And to be honest, to me, it was because of Okada. It wasn't Sonata. I just didn't see that usual effort from him here. To me, my personal opinion, um, I know the few of you that do listen to this show are huge Okada marks, and so you may not like be saying this, but this is my opinion watching the match. I watch every pay-per-view. I watch a few of the house shows. Um you know, usually not the undercard, but I usually try to watch uh, a main event of a house show every now and then. And so I've seen Okada a lot over the last two years. And it just didn't seem that he gave that usual effort. It seemed like he kind of just went through the motions for most of this bout. He did end it well, though, but it just wasn't that usual Okada performance. And, you know, I'm going to say it if I think it. Time for a main event. And it's... Tetsuya Naito versus the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii. And this, of course, is for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship of the World. We get a nice pre-match hype video. Playing up a bit about how LIJ has gotten a following among the younger New Japan fans. I really don't see any way Ishii wins this. But let's, you know, let's see how this folds. Uh, fans are excited for this match. You know, I thought to myself... I didn't think it watching the show, but I felt it here that they might have been a bit slightly subdued tonight, but they are really buzzing for this main event. Naito is doing uh, a lot of his infuriating stalling tactics, which I've never been a fan of. It's one of the things I didn't like with this heel turn of his. 
Ishii finally does corner him and starts unleashing his stiff, strong style offense, but the action spills to the floor. Well, LIJ used more cheating tactics to turn the tide to the champ. The match gets a bit more physical, and we can tell this on the busted lip of Naito. Naito counters a lariat into a swinging neckbreaker. Then we get a ref bump, and right on cue, a chair shot from Evil, which seems to break the chair. Naito goes on the attack. Gator and Okada have come out now to root on stablemate Ishii. Ishii goes after the knee of Naito. He has a last ride powerbomb into a knee bar by Ishii. Bushi and Evil are trying to run in, but they're being stopped by Okada and Gator. Okay? Red Shoes is asking Naito if he's had enough, but he's desperately trying to fight through the pain. Crowd is really buzzing now. Naito reaches for the ropes, but Ishii drags him back and applies a modified single leg crab. How is Naito t- tapping? He's been in submission holds now. It's got to be over a minute. And I have to stop here for a second and just talk about this. The expression on Naito's face is completely incredible. What a sell job by the champ here. Um, there are literally tears in his eyes. You see them. Amazing. Naito... Um, in desperation, punches Red Shoes right in the face. Um, I'm not going to wax poetic on how this is not a disqualification. It, it just is ridiculous already. Just make every match a death match, and then I won't have to complain anymore. Now, of course, as soon as this happens, the LIJ break free and run in attacking Ishii. Uh, but Akata makes the save, and he and Gato drag Bushi and Evil to the back. Uh, Lariato by Ishii. One, two, no. Gets up, hits the sliding Lariato. One, two, no. Ishii goes to the Brain Buster, but is countered into a DDT by Naito. Missile drop kick to the back of Ishii's neck. Sits him on the top rope. Super Frankensteiner by Naito. One, two, no. Naito hits Gloria. One, two, no. Naito goes for the Destino. It's countered into an inverted Brain Buster of shorts. I don't know what to call it. Other than it was awesome. One, two, no! Naito kicks out again. A brain buster by Naito. Both men are down in this fantastic battle. Uh, they stagger up. A capo kick and a bridging dragon suplex by Naito. But Ishii kicks out of that. Naito and Ishii trading some stiff shots. Then Naito nails the flying forearm smash. This time the Destino connects. One, two, Three outstanding match. Four, uh, four stars, uh, just in just over 30 minutes match time. Best Naito match I've ever seen. And Ishii continues to be right now. He is the MVP of New Japan Pro Wrestling since, uh, after the day after, you know, what I call, um, a new beginning. Let's say from a new beginning, which kind of starts a new season. From a new beginning to now, MVP in New Japan. Not even close, it's been Ishii. I mean, go over the shows. He's almost consistently on every pay-per-view has the match of the night. He had the match of the night tonight. His work right now is outstanding. Again, I'm not at all going to take away from Naito and say that Ishii carried him. um, Because I thought Naito worked great in this match. Really, I really thought he was really good. And I've always thought Naito was a good wrestler. I wasn't crazy about this heel turn. But 
He's always been a great worker, and he and EC, they just really brought it tonight. On a show that, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't a stellar show, but this fantastic main event is well worth watching. And while I want to put it on the top of my list for match of the year, because I thought the last two matches from Wrestle Kingdom 10 were both better, this definitely should get consideration on that list. Okay, now it's time for our main event, which is Lucha Underground, episode 215, entitled No Mas. We're going to talk about why No Mas in a little while. The show opens with Dario Cueto inspecting the repaired ceiling of his office when Katrina walks in. We get one of the best segments of the season as they trade barbs, threats, and boasts. But in the end, what we get is that next week, we will get the rematch of Matanza and Mil Muertes in Grave Consequences, which if you don't know, that's a coffin match. But wait, there's more. Dario says, well, why have one coffin? We could have four, and it will be graver consequences. This is just outstanding work by Dario in this from his flawless, over-the-top delivery to his simply amazing facials. And Katrina was okay. She held her own. She, of course, is not on the same level, but she was adequate in this. Um, she does, I do enjoy her facial expressions. I think her line delivery is not as good as Dario Cueto's, but Dario is, you know, he's a seasoned actor and, and she's not, but, um, she's not, as I've said before, she's not bad. She's just not Dario. And that's not something to consider. An insult or a knock. And Dario is just, in my opinion, the best character on any wrestling-related show that is on the air today. And I don't even think it's close. So this is just a great segment. Striker and Vampiro welcome us to the show. And we learn that every match tonight is for one of those Aztec medallions. So our first one, Marty the Moth Martinez versus the Mac. Mac, right from the start, is all over the moth. Uh, Marty gets it a little offense, but Mac owns this night. He hits a stunner, then a TKO, and pins Marty and gets himself one of those ancient tribe medallions. Two stars, almost a squash, but it was an entertaining one. I guess maybe because I just like seeing Marty catch a beating. We switch to the locker room where Katrina is there telling King Cuerno that he will not be entrusted with the gift of the God's Belt this time. Instead, it will be her disciple, Sinestro de la Muerte. Cuerno says no, because he now has become his prey. And if Mill does regain the title, he won't make the same mistake. He's going to take that title. And Mill's carcass will be his most prized possession in his trophy room. Good stuff, I felt, from Cuerno, Katrina, you know, it was Katrina. Um, not bad. You know, she was, like I said, she's adequate. She's okay. I thought Cuerno was very good in this. We're back at Dario's office as Sexy Star comes in. Dario says, um, they've never been friends. They've had, been at odds, but he respects her. And he says he knows something was done to her. He knows by looking at her eyes. He saw that same look when he looked in the mirror as a child. He explains his mother which he didn't know any other way to explain her but to say that she was an evil bitch and that she tortured him and his brother until the day came when they said 
No mas. He is giving that chance to Sexy tonight. She gets Mariposa in a no mas match for one of the ancient Aztec medallions, but he adds to her. When she gets Mariposa to say those words, don't stop. Make Mariposa fear her the way she made Sexy fear. Damn, that was another fantastic segment from Dario. I I mean, it's a, I guess at this point it's a man crush. I mean, I I just can't get over. Now I don't know how many takes. Um, this is not like WWE Raw, or, well, I don't know. I don't think I think that's the only live show at this point. But I mean, it's not like there where a lot of this stuff they don't get takes. You got to nail it first try. This stuff is uh scripted, and there are takes. I don't know how many takes it takes to get. Dario to, you know, to get these lines in. But regardless, any TV show, any movie have a ton of takes. You got to have a fantastic actor. You got to have a fantastic director. You got to have a fantastic person writing the script to make it work. And Lucha Underground has these things. I mean, if you're not watching the show, I, I told you guys last episode, if you love New Japan... This is not New Japan. This is totally different. But trust me, even if you hate WD because you think it's too much backstage stuff, and I think that too, and you listen to these shows, you're like, oh, it's a lot of backstage stuff in New Underground. I'm not going to like it. Give it a chance. Give it an episode. And make sure it's the episode that Dario's on. And he might change your mind. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, we get our next match. is King Cuerno versus Sinestro de la Muerte. Uh, Cuerno starts off fast. He has Sinestro on the floor early on. He goes for the arrow of the depths of hell. But Katrina cracks him as he hits the ropes with that stone. Sinestro, uh, Cuerno is down. Sinestro gets on the apron, hits a springboard knee strike right to the head. Pins King Cuerno just like that. One and a half stars. I'm really not happy with the way this was booked. Um, I wanted to see how Sinestro fared with his supposedly upgraded powers. But he was getting... His ass kicked until Katrina interfered. Uh, Katrina looks for the lick of death, but instead cracks him again with the stone. So, uh, looks like this might be the new Katrina feud will be, uh, with King Cuerno. Mascarita Sagrada is in the weight room doing curls with these humongous dumbbells. Uh, uh, bar- barbells, I should say. But they're huge. <laughs> it's bigger than him. Yeah, this- it looks so funny watching him do it. Not that I don't think the guy's strong. It's just, it look, the visual, you have to see it to understand. Out comes Famous B as he struts on in and he says, he has him set up tonight for a match with one of the seven medallion winners. And he's agreed to put that up against him tonight. He says, stop stalling and get balling. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that. That was such a funny line. Why do I feel that this is going to be Cage? Uh, let's see as we move along here. We're back at Dario's office again. This show is loaded with Dario office segments. In storms Chavo Guerrero. He's asking why he doesn't have a match for a medallion. Dario says every time he gives him opportunities, he never steps up. So he's basically done giving them. Well, Chavo, infuriated, says... You want to see me step up? Okay. 
and he storms back out the office as Dario gives a <laughs> That's great. Even by Dario is awesome. Then we get my future wife, Melissa Santos, in the ring, and she's about to announce the next match. But she gets interrupted by Famous B. Okay, so before I move on, Famous B's at the top here, and he's handing out the cards to people, and he cuts a quick little promo. And I just want someone who's listening, if you know a way to get one of these Famous B business cards, I want one. So if anyone knows how to get one, tweet me at Paulie Lex. That's P-A-U-L-I-E. L-E-X-X, or leave a comment wherever you're hearing this podcast, because I really want one of those Famous B cards. I, just, I don't know why, it's just something I want. <laughs> Sagrada, by the way, is also accompanied by the beautiful Brenda, as he is called. His opponent, I knew it, <laughs> it is Cage from the 559. Uh, thank God it didn't say he's a machine. <laughs> Sagrada is not happy at all. He drops to his knees and starts praying. <laughs> this is, of course, what did you think? It's total decimation. They they give him the obligatory, you know, drop kick to the knee or whatever nonsense that they're gonna have, you know, a a a midget wrestler do to a big guy. But in the end, it's total decimation after Cage hits. But well, I'm gonna call an F10, not an F5, because Sagrada spun around twice. And, uh, he gets the win and like, uh, famous being Brenda in checking on him and while well, Cage is like kind of telling him, you know, this is your fault. You're the guy who spooked him in this match. Chavo sleeps, slips in the ring and steals the medallion from the referee and runs away. So I guess that's how we stepped up as he's doing the old lie, cheat and steal deal, uh, from Eddie. Okay. Our next match is our main event match and Believe me, I left the best for last. Mariposa versus Sexy Star in a no-mas match for one of the Aztec medallions. For those that don't know, this is basically an I quit match. Just instead of the words uh, that you must utter are no-mas instead of I quit. Um, no-mas, if you don't know, means no more, which became very famous um, in the 80s. I believe it was actually 1980. Uh, was the year where a boxing match took place, a very famous boxing match. If you guys are not famous with boxing, this was one of the biggest matches of the era in those days with Sugar Ray Leonard facing Roberto Duran. And the reason this was, um, this was, you know, at that time, you know, the match of the century. And it ended very controversially as uh, Leonard was completely outboxing and humiliating a Duran. And to the point where Durant just said no mas to the referee. As in, I quit. No mas. No more. I'm done. And he just quit. In the, you know, uh, between the rounds. But he wasn't injured or hurt or anything. He was just, he saw what was happening. He was being humiliated and he quit. Numerous rumors over the years about Durant through the fight. There have been people in Durant's camp that said that he was paid to take a dive. Duran has said this wasn't true. You know, who knows who's right or wrong over the years. Um, no one's ever been able to confirm it, but it is widely believed that uh, he was told to stay out there and just take a beating for 15 rounds and throw the fight. And I guess the humility uh, of the of the situation overtook him and he uttered the words no mas and quit. So that's the history of the term no mas. 
I didn't take a ton of notes at the first part of this match, um, as I was just fixated on the violence from these two women. Um, as I stated before, this is much more the style of match that's going to suit Melissa Anderson, a.k.a. Mariposa. You know, the high-flying lucha style is not where she's going to excel at. She's going to sell at mat wrestling. She's going to uh, excel at brawling. Um, so this was right up her alley, and it showed. They are a number of, well, uh, crotch shots, if you will. Uh, I can only imagine how those feel. I'm sure they don't feel <laughs> very good. I know how they feel for us men. At one point, they start to climb up the stairs and then up the rafters of the temple. Sexy is bleeding and bleeding badly. She is actually dripping down onto fans below. They actually showed a young fan who was like, had blood dripped on his arm and was like freaking out. I would have been freaking out too. Sexy, at, uh, after they brought up there a while and they teased having uh, her thrown off the scaffolding to her death, she kind of fights back and walks back down the rafter, from the rafters, uh, to the top of Dario's office. There, we see Marty the Moth is, uh, waiting for her. And he, uh, attacks her. He gives her, like, uh, a boot to her blood-drenched gut. Uh, here comes the Mac to, uh, open a can of whoop-ass on Marty. And so now Sexy and Mariposa are beating the hell out of each other once again. They wind up back on the floor. Sexy is having her head swung into the announcer desk multiple times. Uh, the desk is breaking. Vampiro has given up calling the match. Uh, he's taking his headphones off. He is now a spectator in this match. He's going like crazy. The fans are, uh, this is just really, really, this is a spectacle in every sense of that word. Sexy winds up fighting back and she lays out Mariposa with what was a fairly full can, uh, uh, trash can right to the head. I hear a lot of this is awesome chants when I'm watching wrestling. And often I feel that they are undeserved. These are not. This is indeed awesome. Sexy escapes the butterfly wings, uh, but gets dropped with a clothesline. Sexy looks like something of a horror film. I mean, there's blood everywhere. Mariposa applies, I guess what seemed to me to be like a modified clover leaf. The ref acts sexy if she wants to say no mas her response and please i know that we promote this as a clean speech show uh, so i'm going to apologize for this but her response was fuck you the crowd pops as i did from right in front of my tv sexy fights out of it gets her in a sleeper hold Mariposa starting to wobble. In comes Marty again to attack her again and break the hold. Here comes the Mac again. He hits a stunner. The crowd is going insane. This is unbelievable. Mac is yelling at Sexy to get her. Sexy locks on a cross arm, uh, arm breaker. Mariposa is trying to, you know, to fight this, but she just can't. She yells out, no mas. Sexy star wins. But Sexy remembers the lesson from Dario. She refuses to release the hold. The ref pulls her off. So she lays him out. Goes back and puts it on her again. She 
finally releases the hold, tosses Mariposa to the floor. The Mac comes over to, I'm telling you, this, I've seen a lot of matches of a lot of blood. I've never seen a woman's match with this much blood. That's, I'm positive of. Um, this is one of the most bloodiest matches I've seen, um, from one person. The sexy, uh, gushed all over herself here. And she's sitting there completely you know, with the, you know, shout out, you know, to the spirit of Gorilla Monsoon because he had a crimson mask. And here comes the Mac with the stone. Uh, I'm sorry, not the stone. I apologize. With the Aztec medallion in the little bag and hands it to her. And she's bloody and emotional on her knees. And she just gets up with, you can see the tears in her eyes and embraces her friend in a wondrous television moment. Five stars. And I'm going to explain why. Not at all from a technical aspect. This wasn't even the best brawl I've ever seen. What this was about, much like in season one, and you could go back to my podcast on this match. It's um on my old podcast. You have to look it up. It's called Indie Talk Wrestling. And look about when I talked about when Son of Havoc, Angelico, and Ivelisse won the trio's titles. This was about the telling of a story. This is what the other wrestling shows are missing. This is how you make a crowd, an audience, everyone care about what's happening, care about what they're watching. WWE can't do this. TNA can't do this. As much as I like them, Ring of Honor can't do this. New Japan has come close, but not to this level. This is what professional wrestling is supposed to be. And maybe I'm caught up in emotion as I record this still in the afterglow of what I just saw. Because I just watched this match and then right, right until recording this podcast. But for this moment, I stand by my match rating and to hell with whoever disagrees. This was incredible. And that is our show. Sometimes when I feel I don't want to watch anymore or report on it, I get something like this to recharge the love I have of this industry. And it's a love that everyone doesn't have. If you're listening to this and you're a fan of professional wrestling, you know you have friends, you have family members who think you're crazy for liking this. How could you watch that quote-unquote fake shit, right? And it's and I've always talked about this. It's like, yeah, but you watch The Walking Dead, you watch Game of Thrones, you watch CSI, NCIS, or the Big Bang Theory, those are all fake. They're not reality shows. I mean, even reality shows are fake. I've talked about that many times. So, yeah, it's scripted. Almost all the greatest watched TV shows in history are scripted. So what does it mean, fake shit? It's just ignorant comment. But regardless, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, thing about that. But I just wanted to say that this is why we watch. And... That's what you have to hold with you. You can't argue people who don't get it. They're just never going to get it. But for those of us who do, this is the kind of thing, in my opinion, is why we love it when we get stuff like this. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I'm going to see you next week. Bye-bye.